Live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Strathclyde! Hello all and welcome to this Another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. We hope you've recovered from Royal Rumble weekend as we have a cracking show in store for you tonight. I am your host Stephen Wilson and on a week where we had the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, we have got a great balance of gender equality here in the studio tonight. However, first, to my right, he is doubling up tonight as both EP and panellist. You know him and you love him. It's Kwaku Aji. What's up, what's up? How's it going? Did he actually love me? Uh, apparently. Your live tweeting at the weekend went down very well. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> How's things, Kwaku? Not bad yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. And also joining us across the table here, she's returned after a few weeks' absence. It's the true pipe bomb princess. It's Stacey Smith. How's it going? Not bad, how about you? Yes, I'm very good, very good, thank good. you very much. And rounding off our panel tonight, making her both Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and podcasting debut, it's one of ICW's top fans, it's Louise Westy. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great yourself. Yeah, very good, thank you. Looking forward to your podcasting debut this evening? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit excited, nervous. <laughs> I can fine, if I can do it, they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, he's not here. If David can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. He's probably not listening because it's not about WWE, so... Uh, true enough, he's probably just trying to get his, his type-in ready. Or the disappointment of being outdone for the 205 Live GM. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. If you're listening to us live, we are on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Suplex Retweet. So if you're listening live or on demand, get in touch with us on social media. Uh, if you're listening to us live and never listened to us before, then follow us on iTunes and podcasting sites where we are available with all our back catalogue. Right, so well, last... One thing, um, when I promoted this on the ICW fans group, group chat, mm-hmm. uh, I was told we need to prove that we're live, so whoever is uh, listening live, message any of us, or message Suplex Retweet, and we'll give you a quick shout out just to prove we are live. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Kwaku. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> there was another suggestion, but that would be so bad for Ofcom. <laughs> oh, very much so, very much so. <laughs> so yeah, after uh, the last few weeks where we focused primarily on WWE, talking about Raw 25 and the Royal Rumble, the next few weeks we're going to take a bit of a t- change of pace and talk about what's on our very own backyard. Yes, we're talking about Insane Championship Wrestling, or better known as ICW. This week's show, we'll be going a bit on the evolution of ICW. Quite vague, I know, but we're going to go through a bunch of points in ICW history and how certain parts of the business have evolved over the years. Doing a, Talking a bit about Mary Hill up until what's happening now and what's going to happen in the future. Guys, are we ready? Yes. 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 
brilliant, excellent. So, ICW, most recently seen in the garage a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. two years headlining the Hydro. If that's your only knowledge of ICW, you'd be surprised if I told you that ICW started out in 2006 in Mary Hill. Mm-hmm. Be more specific, the Mary Hill Community Hall. Yes. So, the first ICW show took place in 2006, I believe... I'm right in saying it was less than 100 people in the building. Yeah, they said about 73 was the estimate. Yeah, round about that. Round about that. It's incredible because um, I've actually held events at Mary Hill Community Hall before. Uh, attended events as well. And I never thought back then that that would be a suitable place for a wrestling promotion. Let alone the, the, what was now the biggest uh, promotion in Scotland. But there you go. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Who'd also thought as well that when this idea originally came up, Mark Dallas was going to be a wrestler. Really? Some shock across the yeah. table here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ICW. The idea of ICW came about via MSN chat. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> BRB. Yeah. <laughs> that MSN chat featured Red Red Lightning and Mark Dallas. And Red Lightning was meant to be the promoter, and Mark Dallas was meant to be the wrestler. <laughs> oh, wow. That was at a point where Mark Dallas was doing his training, and uh, right. I think he was quite keen on being a wrestler. And as time went on, he realised, no, I actually want to be a promoter. I want to do this. Didn't really know what style of promotion he wanted to go for until he eventually settled for ICW. Now, obviously, as Quacko said, first show was at Mary Hill. First few shows, obviously, sorry, were at Mary Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrestling, as people may know it, WWE, smooth as silk, things happen, and nobody really complains. ICW didn't have that same luck in that first show at the Mary, however. <laughs> <laughs> when they opened up with a dog collar match, which, which during that match, uh, the ropes fell apart. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, good old, the, the good old days of ICW. Was that the very first match, wasn't it? The it top? was the very first oh, match, dog collar match. It's like, here's how we introduce our, our guys. That's how we introduce our promotion. Yeah, it's going to be, the ropes fall apart. Oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> but it was an interesting night, that first one for ICW at Mary Hill. I mean, uh, they, Dallas talked about how he got a wrestler from Newcastle up. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so the first official import, if you like. <laughs> and little did he know that this uh, the guy from Newcastle was told to go very stiff on the guy from like the local talent that he was, he was mm-hmm. fighting, and it, I don't think it went very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was interesting that night that we did also get to see a sign of a Mr. Drew Galloway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. known better to many people as Drew McIntyre. Yes. So um, I said uh, that less than a hundred <laughs> people, rough show, but. Um, Mark da- uh, credit to Mark Dallas for sticking with it, but Mary Hill was a, a great, it was a great venue for ICW. It's something that in recent years they refer- they went back to, yeah. in one of the build-up shows to the Hydro. Uh, one of my, well, my first ICW show was one of the shows when they went back to the Mary Hill Community Centre, mm-hmm. and I went and I was like, oh my goodness, how can a wrestling show like fill out this room? And then the next show I went to was in the garage, and I was like, wow. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, uh, if you look at the capacity of Mary Hill, mm-hmm. Community Hill, it's not exactly the biggest. No. I mean, we do, at this present time, uh, with the Scottish wrestling have a bit of a resurgence, we got a lot of the guys in the smaller promotions, so PBW, SWA, you'll see a lot of them, they, they go to a lot of these small venues as well. Yeah. yeah. And 
maybe at this point in time where we've got a lot more wrestling going on, it makes a bit more sense, more family friendly. But at that point in time, 2006, as we said, the Attitude Era was about five, four years past. Ruthless Aggression was happening in WWE. There was nothing really much was happening. I was surprised to see wrestling in such a small venue. Mm-hmm. But what it did is, it, as we know, it built up a very loyal fan base in ICW. Yeah. And um, I think it's safe to say that the majority of that fan base are still with the company today. Yeah, still do. Yeah. <laughs> Was it they don't, uh, the front of the coup garage is loyal? Still. Garage faithful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, I think it, that's like a key thing to its success. It's not like um, it, they did it just like pour in lots and lots and lots of money. They just organically built up a fan base, and with that, you organically build up a loyalty. Yeah. And that's where you get your fans that come in week in, week out, or month in, month out, wherever it is. I think it was one of the good signs of the state it was, where uh, Mark Dallas spoke about this on the ICW On Demand, where he said um, he had to print off flyers in the college, in Annie's Land College, mm-hmm. using pretty much the maxed out shooting card, essentially, <laughs> to get all these flyers and just be like, oh, to say, I want this to be a success. I'm yeah. determined. I mean, I think he was early 20s in that point in time, Mark mm-hmm. Dallas, at that point. So it was something I wanted to do, and it was clear. It was At that time, it was a good market. It was a, a really good market to go for. I mean, yeah. It'd be different nowadays if you see the new company, you know, rise mm-hmm. in that way. You know, it wouldn't really... It'd, you'd be kind of like a, a small... A, a small fish in a big pond type yeah. idea but at that point in time it was a complete opposite and it's, it's also strikes me as very entrepreneurial because he's doing all that and he still enjoys himself every now and then but he still works hard with for his dad as he did say in that documentary so he does all those things as a side and at, the, at that time it was a kind of side thing but he was still working hard and it just shows real entrepreneurial spirit and it's something you got to respect a lot yeah uh, definitely. I mean, definitely. I don't think uh, entrepreneur is a, a very good term to go with. I think you'd, I think you'd be very happy if you told him that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mark. I see you as a fine entrepreneur. I, I'll probably just say he's a top geezer, but use the other word. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I know he will understand what I mean when I say that. This is a fact that some people, a lot of loyal ICW fans, may also know about ICW. But do you know at one point that the name may have changed? Yeah. No. It was the, there was a point where uh, everybody knows about ICW. They had a good f- a few years doing shows, a few a few months apart, and there was a point they took a big break. I think it was around about two, uh, 2010 time. And uh, Mark Dallas, when he was going to bring it back, was nearly convinced to change the name to GCW, Glasgow Championship Wrestling. Ah. I mean, Stacey, Louise, what do you think? Did that have the same marketability to the fans as ICW? No. 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 I think ICW's got a, got a better ring to it. Oh yeah, because no. all the other names that he went through, I think he went through Extreme. Yeah, I think he went. Through, there was a l- there was lots of names. Mm-hmm. Um, there was lots of names for it basically yeah, mm-hmm. before he settled on IC on ICW, which sticks. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just, it's got a nice ring to it now. The years that go by, yeah. I mean, the IC, the IC dub chant, you know. Yeah, IC Imagine dub. G C dub. Doesn't have the same ring to it. No, no, I don't think so. But it's a good. Dallas actually talks about the fact that he's happy that he kept that name. Yeah. And I think the, the fan base are very happy he kept that name because it's stuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, yeah, as, as I said, uh, the company built up a, a very solid fan base. I think the thing that drew a lot of people to ICW and still draws people to ICW at this current day is the fact that compared to your other Scottish, British, Scottish promotions, more likely, you get a storyline. Yeah. And I think with a lot of people who have grew up attitude era liking wrestling, when you the storylines captured you, 
I think that was a good move to kind of say like, oh, well, everybody just does matches, you know, people come in, mm-hmm. you get to see, people love wrestling, it's great, but a storyline will drag people in, and I think that's what we've got, and still get yeah, with ICW. I think, to that's, how, I think that's how it sort of dragged, got me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it got me in, in ICW, it was storylines at the time. Yeah, fantastic, and that's, that's kind of what we're going to go on to in the next part of the chat we talked about storylines. I mean, as ICW went on, obviously, they did that developing the storylines, and round about... 2011 time we got our first one called the Gold Label, which at that time I think them does people remember the Gold Label in ICW history? Yeah, I, I remember the Gold Label. Yeah. Yeah, the Gold Label was a fine. If you if, looking at this team on paper, I mean, if you didn't know anything about the Gold Label, it's a fantastic uh, kind of a team, all-star team: Wolfgang, Lionheart, James Scott, and Red Lightning. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to wow. the to the ICW faithful, the red, the, the not the red label, the gold, <laughs> the gold label, were uh, kind of like your NWO type style in ICW. You know, they they kind of went out and they ran roughshod about that. But what we've had in ICW time since then is we've had various other major storylines that have kind of captivated us. I mean, we talk about the gold label there. I mean, kind of kind of fast forward a few years to try to get the gap when we got the black label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that's where we've got the Black Label, guys. Can we talk briefly about the Black Label? Why we've got that yeah. on that subject, yeah, yeah. you know? What do you, what's, what's your thoughts on that storyline? I mean, that was a year-long storyline. I mean, mm-hmm. the good thing about... People would criticise wrestling these days because it doesn't really have that longevity in storylines. They'll just go... They'll just do it, and then it goes out. You know, it lasts about a month, some stuff. But having this kind of one that goes on for around about over a year... I think it was about a year and a yeah. half, actually, went yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's talk about that, guys. Open it up. Well, um... I remember, um like my first my first show and the battle were basically were basically in charge and um I found that they were very dominant, very we'll do what we want mm-hmm. attitude if if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, no totally yeah the the black label were very much like they they ran rough shot. It kinda like the gold label, it's similar to the end of your type thing, like we'll go in and we'll do as you please. I think Red Lightning was kind of the key to both these type of storylines. I thought that. Yeah. Time. I mean, if you look at the kind of different comparisons at that time, with the gold label, Red Lightning was very much an active star on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the black label time, it was very much just the mouthpiece. But I think that's kind of what's key to any type of storyline is having somebody who can control the audience, mm-hmm. control yeah. the crowd, and that's what we got with the black label. And that's why how it obviously developed so nicely, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously the fact that with good storylines it should draw to a conclusion yeah and we got with that black label storyline a very solid conclusion i think it's fair to say at the hydro the first year yes yes i mean uh i, I don't know if it's, this might just be me i'm only one disappointed i didn't close that show well i thought it i thought it would, sorry let me start again i thought that that should have been should have been the main the main event mm-hmm. because it would have been um, inter- it would have been a lot more interesting that way because it was on before Joe versus Angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it would have either been that or a or the championship match. I mean, let's say it's, a, it's, it's, it's that type of feel good moment yeah. that you think. I mean, if you look at past and overall wrestling, when you get the likes of WrestleMania, even what we just had that past Sunday there at the Royal Rumble, we have something that crowd goes crazy for. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. WrestleMania's in time, we look back on the likes of the Ultimate Warrior beating Hulk Hogan, we look at Daniel Bryan winning the, the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 30, it's, 
these type of things. We look even at the year before at Hydro, we'll talk about it earlier on, but the, the ICW World Heavyweight Championship match, what a great feel-good moment that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having a sort of storyline like that uh, is, is, you know, fantastic. And, and it was so good because there was, there was like both sides to it. So, you know, so people wanted like Team ICW to win, like people wanted Black Label to win. So it was a really like, oh, who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's going to have ICW at the end of this? And, you know, I think that that would have been a good one to finish, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus there was lots, lots going on at ringside as well. Yeah. You had to try and uh, keep your eyes on on people as well and see what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good exa- uh, there was a recent good example of that, the ICW's last show at the garage during the, the Glasgow Street Fight. Yes. <laughs> Which was an absolute... I mean, you talk about the gold label. That kind of storyline with the gold label is where we got the original Glasgow Street Fight. Oh. oh, yeah, because it was in like the Apollo, wasn't it? Uh, it was, I think it was, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It was Apollo, was it not, was it, was it not Classic Grand? One, there was there was two street fights. Mm-hmm. One was oh, a, didn't someone get... One was a six-man tag, the one was eight-man. Didn't someone hit a bus or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> or jumped onto bus, a bus a or something? Got slammed into a bus. Pretty much everything, you know. It was <laughs> classic... <laughs> establishment of that hardcore ICW style but uh, one another storyline I've kind of got uh, got in my mind which is uh, away from the classic ICW style was the Save Pro Wrestling stable angle which was going on when I first started going to ICW so but I was near the end of it mm-hmm. um, funnily enough it again involved Red Lightning yes yes was it wasn't it like Red and the Coffee Brothers Red and the Coffee Brothers yeah this is one of the first things as well to me kind of took me back at ICW which started the timeline on that one is I love the fact I mean to, for anybody who's not familiar with the Save Pro Wrestling angle it was essentially around about the time where WWE stopped referring to the product as wrestling and it was called yes. sports entertainment mm-hmm. so these guys at ICW were like oh I don't this is still wrestling so we want to save wrestling this is a wrestling company we are, we are wrestlers yeah mm-hmm. and uh, having the Coffee Brothers in that's a fine example I mean even to this day two of the best pro wrestlers in the country Definitely. Fair to say. But I remember it quite fondly as being a time where uh, you saw the development of Joe Coffey that we we didn't see again until his recent run. Yeah. Where he had that type of aggression. Yeah, where he had that. Well, he was a heel. So that was kind of. Between then, that was his. Between then and now, now was kind of like his. Yeah. That was what separated his heel runs. But you got that type of same aggression, like, it's like, I'm the the best wrestler on the planet, you know? Yeah. I'm better than everybody Mm -hmm. else and I'm going to prove it. I mean, if they don't like it, then I'll, I'll beat them up. That guy, yeah. that guy can promote a fight well, really well. One of his promos that really sticks in my mind is him and Mark Coffey leaving Mary Hill Community Centre. And I think one of them had just lost a match and they were, and there was a promo about pro, about Save Pro Wrestling. And oh, if you haven't yeah. seen it, watch it. It was one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. Yeah, they weren't so, happy, were they? No, no. <laughs> I mean, even referring to the same pro wrestling type angle, it still has some place in the company to this day. I mean, very recently we had Joe Coffey versus Cassius Ono of uh, NXT WWE fighting in a Save Pro Wrestling Rules match. We were there. <laughs> we were. Katia yeah. Sono was giving us a row for cheering for Joe Coffey. Hello? <laughs> we're we're the local lad. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, it's still local because he's from America. So, yeah, <laughs> we were in Newcastle at the time. So, I was like, yeah, I'll watch it on Joe. But, yeah, yeah we, we kind of got a look for it. <laughs> yeah. No, we got told to shush as well. Yeah. So. Oh. 
I can't imagine Cassie's on and telling people to shush. The knockout artist using the word shush. It was a silent finger over the lip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just turned round and stared at us and just put his finger over his mouth and be like, oh. <laughs> it didn't work though. Great wrestler, Cass- <laughs> great, great wrestler, oh, Cassie's on to be fair. I had a great, great match at TakeOver at the weekend. Yes. It's, still, it's kind of escaped me in my head now who you actually fought that and didn't take over. I just remember it being a good. Oh, it's gonna bug me who that was. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look this up during the break. Who Cassius won the fuck? It was the first match on the show, so. Dream. Velvet. Oh, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Fa- thank you. Oh, oh Velveteen Dream. You can rely on Mr. NXT for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Save Pro Wrestling. I mean, obviously, ICW is a hardcore promotion. It was very natural that the Save Pro Wrestling stable would become a huge. Yes. I think that's fair to say. But, you know, we all love wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's good that that one. I mean, we also talk about storylines as well. Uh, one of the ones I referred to, I mean, we all know them very well. I'm going to talk about them in two bits of storylines here before we talk on to our next subject. It involves BT Garden, Chris Redfrew, ICW Staples. Better known to a lot of people as New Age Click. I remember one of my first memories of ICW being the feud between Chris Redfrew and BT Gun, Where essentially BT Gun had just lost the, the ICW Championship. Mm-hmm. It was before it was the world championship at the time and he went came back and he was a bit psychotic and he kept trying to take out Renfrew mm-hmm. so the two of them obviously feuded together until the point where we got at the garage Chris Renfrew versus BT Gun and a brutal brawl and it ended with Renfrew uh, BT Gun was on his knees telling Renfrew hit him with, the, with a kendo stick I believe only for B- uh, Renfrew to turn around and hit special referee Mark Dallas and the NAK returned. Yes. How yes. good. Yes. Oh, that, that was brilliant. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those ones like you kind of, to a point you were kind of like, right, these two were beating up each other mm-hmm. and why are they now pals again? Yeah. But mm-hmm. as a moment type thing, storylines should have a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one just kind of sticks in the head as, wow, that was epic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was back at the time where the garage shows were obviously ICW staple. We'll talk more about the garage in a wee bit in a wee bit in the show. But having some, it brought back the NAK as a force, you know. Yeah. And then we got, we obviously then got onto the NAK as a stable, and we obviously had those type of storylines with the NAK over time. And two type of carnations, I mean guys, I mean we NAK fans on the panel. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm an NAK fan as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, both inca- both of the staple incarnations, or is there one that you can kind of prefer to the other? I think it was probably um, when when the, when the other members joined. Uh, is it the one where we had Divers and Darkseid, or was it the one where we had uh, Stevie and Wolfgang? Um, Stevie and Wolfgang. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm the Darkseid and Dickie Divers <laughs> side. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dickie Diver. One of my, one of my favourite moments that I've seen in ICW was when Dickie Divers won the Square Goal. Goal. That is one of the best moments for me in ICW. Funnily enough, that was my very first show. I remember that actually. Mm-hmm. I remember that show being opened by Joe Coffey taking on WWE's own Jack, Jack Gallagher and a 60-man Iron Man. Uh-huh. Yes! And, oh. and st- still the match that sticks for me was a BT Gun versus Wolfgang in a steel cage match. That was oh, the first and, the, uh, and, and ABC with the disco ball. Disco you were like, ball. you were like, yes. How the and, heck are they going to? And he did the howling from the top of the cage, and oh, wow. that sticks with me. Yeah. I mean, if we talk about NAK, they've got that kind of obviously 
dueling storylines, but they were involved in so many storylines as we went on. We had that one with BT and Wolfgang. Uh-huh. We had them against Legion. Mm-hmm. Which oh, was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll talk. I may talk about it a bit, but later on, my favorite, one of my favorite ICW moments was in the first Battlelands, Fear and Loathing, and Legion came out and Mikey Whiplash was in the body bag. Oh my God, I still have chills. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> oh, I still get chills to this day. What a moment! The crowd went crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. But yes, yeah, so many great storylines. We could talk about them all. That. Sorry, it was a 30-minute Iron, Iron Man match, not a 60-minute Iron Man match. Thank you for correcting me there, uh, one of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Uh, so, yeah, that's some storylines in there. Is there any quick storylines that we thought of that really brought out that type of st- the things we've talked about that I've not mentioned? So many, you know. Yeah, there's, there's countless. You know, you've got, like, 10, 11 years worth of storylines. <laughs> I really like the Liam Thompson and Carmel storyline as well oh that was that was that led to a very interesting match (laughs) yes yeah yes but i just thought that whole entire storyline was just fantastic it was so well done yeah i mean there is so many storylines i mean if you are listening to us in any form and we've not mentioned any please please feel free to message us on any of the subjects we're talking about yes we could could talk all night but that's just one part of the show we kind of one stage in our transition in ICW history. Mm-hmm. Moving on a bit now, we're, we're, we're probably roughly around about 2010 time and obviously ICW were still in the community centres in Mary Hill. Yeah. So this is around about the time that they started transitioning into the city centre and that's what we're kind of talking about now, the type of venues and type of shows ICW did. Now initially ICW moved into uh, the likes of Apollo 23 and the Classic Grand and then eventually yeah. followed by the Garage. I mean one of the things I've got my notes, I mean, obviously people classify ICW as an over-18s promotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing maybe people may forget is to get into venues of this size, I mean, you can't be a family promotion. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously, Quacker, you talked about the entrepreneurial side of Mark Dallas. That's kind of brings us out again when we kind of see the fact is like, I need to expand, I can go to here, but I can't do that with this type of product. So that's maybe wait, seeing why he went with the product he did. Yeah. The kind of longevity yeah. to it. I mean... I mean, you, you see lots of things about the Classic Grands and Apollo shows. We've had the Square Go cash-ins at those shows, you know, but it's, again, we're still talking about what we looked at recently in the Hydro. I mean, still feels relatively small size. I mean, it's bigger than Mary Hill, but mm-hmm. still relatively small. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then you talk about the Garage. I mean, Garage, since the point they first went into Garage, I think it's safe to say Garage is ICW country. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've all been to Garage shows in recent months. Yeah. I mean, what's your opinion when I see, when you hear ICW returning to the Garage for a show? What's, what's your thoughts that go in your head? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love going to the Garage. I do. It's great fun. Mm-hmm. It, it just feels as though, like, that's the place. Like, because... Yeah, it's ICW's home, basically, yeah. isn't it? Well, you kind of you look other promotions worldwide. You get WWE, you think WWE home, Madison Square Garden, yeah. for many years. Mm-hmm. You look at ECW, we talk about the Hammerstein Ballroom. Mm-hmm. TNA, I've got Orlando. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling, I've got the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously that big show. ICW, have the garage. Yep. I mean, granted, to some people it doesn't feel spectacular for anybody who's been in the garage. No offence to the garage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but comparing it to the size of Mary Hill Community Centre... It's like it's it's just amazing to see like how far it's moved on since it began. I know. 
And then mm. you talk about atmospheres as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, Stacey, the past, the past few shows you've been on, you've talked very much about the show before the show at Christmas and the show before the Hydro this year. Yeah. Yeah, France 98. That was one of your moments of last year as well. Yeah, definitely. The atmosphere in the garage is... It's indescribable a lot of the time. It's just... I feel it's not it's not really the same kind of atmosphere you can get in much much bigger places mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. I mean kinda, you've seen that in some way maybe when I see I stop I've obviously started to move up the, mm-hmm. yeah. the type of places to go to so you had the garage then I went to ABC yeah then we got the Battlelands yeah mm-hmm. the SECC mm-hmm. and then the Hydro I mean you look at that kind of scale up I mean Still. What an amazing yeah. transition that's it's been. Fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't get any bigger than the high yeah. can you? I mean, you talk about the type of uh, the venues. There are a lot of uh, well, some ICW stars in particular have said that one of their favourites was the SCCC, just for what it brought. I mean, at that time, the moment was brilliant. Have been in such an iconic venue. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously yeah. there was the Battlelands. Iconic, but SECC is all. What the hydro wasn't was only not long been built, so that was kind of like the big venue you could go to. So yeah. mm-hmm. getting to there, I mean, talk about great. Event. I love ABC shows for ICW. Okay, I think they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, my first, my I think it's mainly maybe because my first ICW show was in the ABC. It was the first right. house, the, the first okay. Chuck's house party, mm-hmm. right? Where we had obviously the return of Drew Galloway. We had, uh, I had, I remember the street fight between Liam Thompson and Kid Fight, where they were fighting right next to us, because we were at that bit in the ABC where they've got the big, yeah, the, the, kind of, the, yeah. the kind of runway bit just before the bar. Yes. yes. And uh, was it Kid Fight that had a moonsault and Liam Thompson? Fantastic. Yeah. Just going back to tag teams, that's a tag team that I loved. Fight oh, Club. Story, yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, we'll talk about tag te- more tag teams later yeah. on in the show. Type of a transition, but yeah, they 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 took a great chemistry for that point in time. Definitely, I remember actually that night how it went on. Liam Thompson came out going, "Ah, Glasgow, I hate Glasgow." Blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> and then Kid Fight just chased them all all around the place. Oh, it was fantastic! Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it just sticks to me. ABC shows. I mean, I, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that they've they've took the step to do a double header. Oh, definitely. In the coming weeks, we will talk about that next week's show in a lot more detail. When the square goal comes there, then we have the first Fight Club taping to be yep. out of the well, first one to be out of the garage, mm-hmm. uh, and into the ABC. But uh, you then get the the Battlelands as well. Now, as ICW have kind of transitioned into these other venues, we've also seen them kind of establish what WWE were the first ones to establish. And we've got kind of like a big four bout of shows. Now, for years, ICW they did all these minor sh- these shows, these smaller shows. They had them, they had all these quirky, na- quir- quir- quirky, quirky names. <laughs> uh, one of the ones I remember was a was a Fear and Lovian because mm-hmm. it was like yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah, all these ones. I mean, there's other maybe escape me any other ones you can kind of think of other than the, the, the kind of big fours. The one that really sticks with me, it's, uh, Dave's not here, man. Oh yeah, Dave's not here, man. That is actually that's, that's some good ones, but. ICW has the years of when I've kind of established a big four now. For years, obviously, we had Fear and Loven. We recently had Fear and Loven 10. That's yep. their kind of their WrestleMania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we eventually got, a few years later, we got Square Go. Happened in January. And obviously, it's it's a Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's then moved to February, kind of, to kind of stop with a bit of Clash. We'll talk about that a bit later on. But Square Go, love the show. Mm-hmm. It's just uh-huh. brilliant. I'll, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 
the concept of the square go to essentially kind of cross Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. it's genius, you know. Battle Royal and the, the use of the weapons as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was going to say. It's like five people have a weapons and sometimes it's hardly used uh, at how, all. But, but my, I think the most genius weapon ever was... Um, the kitchen sink. Not, oh, the kitchen not, sink! Not, not, <laughs> I was, that was funny, but oh, I would say yeah, a, ge- a genius one was um, Sebastian from the Geezers brought <gasps> this- in Tom Marvin himself. So he actually brought his tag team partner as his weapon. <laughs> and Tom was just stood at the top, stale, as if he was just a, a solid object of some sort. Oh, that was fantastic. I'm just wondering how they're going to top it this year with the weapons. Aye. I loved, was it it's Grado with the haggis? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't oh, he man. drop it when he was he was uh, spinning that around to get an energy for hitting someone, and he dropped it and had to pick up again? I think so. He bowled it. I think he was he was shooting with sharpness at that yeah. point in time, and uh, it was just like he just bowled it straight out, kind of <laughs> kind of Raven esque from or Al Snow esque. Sorry, to Raven in the two thousand and one Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. only for haggis instead of a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, that was a great concept as well. For then, obviously. Couple of years later, they, they kind of established it a bit more around about the point where, which we'll talk about a bit more. Ice W on demand came about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there was the big thing that the WWE Network was launching the same night as this. Mm-hmm. And Mark Dallas storyline or not, I don't know. Wasn't happy and said to Vince, "I'm having an event the same night as WrestleMania, and we got Baramania." Oh, which is, which kind of became well, actually not. I've missed one. Come back to the other one, but that was kind of the final piece of the big four, mm-hmm. saying that we're gonna, we think we can do a show on the same night as WrestleMania. Granted, yeah. now it's not the same night as WrestleMania for reasons we'll talk about later on in the show. But they also had Shug's house party, which I talked about earlier on. Yeah, which is unique to the fact that it's, he holds it on his birthday. Yeah, or his birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, some there's some there's always great things in. These are all great shows, but the venues kind of make it, you know. We've got kind of like, you kind of look at them now, you're like, yeah, uh, Battlelands, ABC, ABC Hydro type thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it just brings an atmosphere to it. I mean, some people who would say that they still feel a type of vibe when they go back to Maryhill. Yeah. Because if you're a nice W original going back to it, just feels like, well, I mean, we talk about Madison Square Garden and WWE. Every time WWE does a show, Madison Square Garden, it just feels, ma- it feels massive. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 20 is one of the best examples I remember. It was absolutely. The atmosphere that night was terrific. Um, Royal Rumble 2000 as well, type ones. But yeah, ICW's transition to these big venues is also, is, was a, a big sign that they were moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The, the other sign that they were also moving in the right direction kind of happened at this time where they achieved the ultimate dream of any wrestling promotion or any kind of business, type, media type business, was when they got a TV deal. The My Channel TV deal. Mm-hmm. Which is remembered in history now for the, potentially the wrong reasons. I think I'm right in saying that, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody not familiar with the My Channel thing? Essentially, um, they were on this the My Channel uh, My Channel channel, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were the the, the promote the channel's top promote top performing show. They were doing absolutely brilliant, and then they showed them outside the watershed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but it was something. Was it somebody getting crucified or something? I don't really remember. <laughs> it was something that wasn't family friendly, and it went on in the morning. And I think it sounds like 
It sounds like good daytime TV. <laughs> my personal opinion, but hey. Uh, <laughs> I interviewed Mark Dallas last year for ch- uh, a charity, the charity broadcast, and I'm sure he told me, I don't know if he was joking about this, but I'm sure the person that complained caught their child watching it while they were having their morning Weetabix. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. That is fantastic. You can imagine the backlash with that type of thing, you know, but uh, it kind of, at that point in time, that was, ICW was was getting accessible. People were seeing a wrestling promotion on some sort of Very accessible. (laughs) (laughs) Touché. Touché. Well done. Well done. I like that. But, uh, yeah, you want for a promotion they wanted to kind of get them involved in some way to make the product watchable and mm. we got that obviously around about this time luckily because social media and uh, just media online was hitting its its height and to a lot of people me in particular this is where we got a lot of our ICW history was when they ran the ICW worldwide on the worldwide seasons on YouTube yeah mm-hmm. where essentially they just recorded parts of shows kind of similar to what they do with Fight, with Fight Club now apart from a bit more scattered out and that's where a lot of people watched ICW that's where you got the fix if you couldn't go to a show I mean one of the things as well that ICW were doing is like because of these type of things I mean if you were missing shows you were missing you were missing stuff yeah that's the thing with storylines you had to go to shows but introducing this kind of let people see what was happening while also when new fans were getting introduced this is how they could see a bit of back catalogue I mean am I the only one in the panel I mean or uh, the rest of you kind of get a lot more equated to ICW via this method well um, I had to well catch up on on the history of ICW to mm-hmm. kind of get to to get to know the characters as well a bit better yeah mm-hmm. a- apart from like on demand like YouTube and you can see what people are talk like people talk about mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. when they talk about like this type of storyline and that type of storyline and then you watch it back and you go ah I see how this happened yeah. If, you know what, if that makes sense, I'm trying not to. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, it was also around about this time as well where I think about it was when uh, ICW brought in one of their most charismatic uh, on-screen characters now. Uh, he's on. He's the voice of the company. Billy Kirkwood came in around about this time as well. Uh, good old Billy Kirkwood. Yeah. <laughs> I can't use his proper description yeah. live on air. <laughs> so sadly, but what I got. Yeah. Do you think he's played a big role in getting them to where they are now, Billy Kirkwood, while I'm on the subject quickly. <laughs> uh, his yeah. commentary is fantastic. It, it wouldn't be the same without his commentary no, on no. it. I've, I've, been, I've been beside him, um, not beside him, but that'd be creepy, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he's at the commentary table down at, at the side, and I've like seen his react, reactions to stuff, eh? mm-hmm. and you can't help but laugh, and you can't help but just, just smile. One of our favourite, more recent reactions he had was when Thatcher Wright first came out. Yes, <laughs> the, I remember that, seeing that. And the, that was that was brilliant. Yeah, we, like although, like obviously the arena, like in the garage, you can't hear exactly what he's saying, but you can see what he's doing yeah, by his animations, <laughs> and it's just great to watch back and actually hear what he was saying along with the yeah, animations. Like France '98, for example, when he was doing um, he was doing the commentary. Obviously, Grange Grange was in the ring, mm-hmm. and. Grange got booted out, and you could actually um, see him like on the on the screen going mental arm. Mm-hmm. Like, Grange, Grange, <laughs> what are you doing, Grange? I put all the Christmas money on you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, he's played a big role in getting that company to where they are oh, at this point in time. I mean, we also talked about it there briefly. They, they were on YouTube. They still they still are on YouTube. They don't put that same amount of content on YouTube because. 
they now have ICW on demand. Yeah. Now, on the, this is obviously a point. Netflix was getting big. People liked watching these, like having the accessibility. They could watch whatever they want, not be dictated by your likes of your Sky and your Virgin Media type things. So this was a good point to kind of launch such a such a thing. Good back catalogue, unique content, and didn't cost a lot of money for fans. And I think that's great because it's you've got that easy accessibility to watch stuff. I mean, I've personally got a subscription. We all get, most people yeah. have subscriptions yeah. to the ICW on demand. Uh, do you think that was something they had to kind of do to get them noticed outside of the loyal base in Scotland? Do you think that was something they had to take? Guys? Well, very much so because um, especially see where you look at things on the group chat and so on yeah. you see that people in like um, North America and so on um, do come to the sh- uh, do watch the shows and as well as that like um, there's um, at the last show at uh, Shuck's house party at um, well, uh, Battlelands uh, Battle or what's that wasn't it or ABC ABC, no, ABC sorry so I get confused between the two and they're totally different places um, right behind me, there was uh, a group of three people that came from Holland to watch ICW. Was it the son with his mum and dad? Yes. I was actually going to mention that as and, well. And their face when Mikey Whiplash did a certain promo and called out a certain somebody. It was quite fun, was quite a picture to see. But um, that, that sort of thing is where the on-demand has its role. Obviously, it's good for us to catch up on, but it does have that outreach. Um, from UK beyond, really. Yeah, totally. I mean, you talked briefly there about the Facebook group kind of there. I mean, that that's played a great role in the accessibility of ICW to have that kind of yeah. go-to place. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if WWE have WWE fans in America have something like that, but that is you kind of if you miss it, that's what you see it. You know. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, something's happened. Now it's there. You know. So that brings the product in. You like that page, and you will see see yeah. every part of the company. And I think that's great on their part as well because. ICW, they use that page and it does the job, you know. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. I mean, we say that and we posted about this show on that page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're doing the exact same as them. Yeah. But it's effective, you know. But yeah. yeah. The on demand's good as well. And obviously, the, the kind of pro- the quality of the product has improved with that type of level of production. Uh, as well, we talk about the t- uh, being available to a worldwide audience as well. There was also that brief point as well where they were on the Fight Network. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember watching last year's Barramania on that actually, you know, and it was a, it was a good it was good quality, you know, it was, it was good, but obviously that's not they don't do that anymore. They kind of rely solely on the on demand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is, is the on demand something you could see them advancing a bit more in the coming years to have something? I mean, obviously WWE's got one that's smooth silk, but could you see them doing anything else to kind of help with the accessibility of the product? Well, I'm 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 not really sure. I don't know if how they can. Sort of advance that. I'll, I'll give one suggestion, and it's something that's asked so many times on the group chat. Um, can you watch ICW on demand on a PS4? It's asked <laughs> so many times. This week has been asked twice, so clearly there is a demand for it, especially for me because I don't have a PS4. That's another thing that could happen, and that would help with the accessibility of it. Yeah, because the one thing, uh, the, thing uh, the pivot share is quite hard to get anywhere. Now, yeah. So I don't. I, I think you can get it on a browser. I don't know about apps anymore. I don't think I've updated my pivot share app in so long because no. I'm a bit worried about what might happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> I searched for it on the app store recently and it didn't come up, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think it works on the Xbox, but not on the PS4. 
Does it? Yeah, that's that's one that's one of the issues as well. Um, me personally, I would love like I watch on my iPad. That's how I do it. Um, you can cast it, but you unless you pay for the casting app, you can't like skip it or whatever. You have to watch it continuously. Yeah. For it. So right. you can't like have a break and then go back or whatever kind of thing. So yeah, that would that would certainly help. And the fact that it's asked so many times, you look back on the page. Is something that is quite asked quite a few times. So yeah, that is that's something and see that the as the product the accessibility of the products get better, it's got a lot more eyes on it. Obviously, production values mean that we get a lot more a silk show, uh-huh. and we just we, uh, obviously there's so much more better you can do. We don't really we don't see any ropes falling apart much anymore. No, no. not that not that I, not that I remember anyway. <laughs> I remember one show that uh, was it 2003, one of my first shows. It was a space boss show. I think it was, no, was it 2003? 2013. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks, Stacey. Uh, or was it 2014? I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, the, the kind of turnbuckle fell apart there and it was like a full bit, just the guy, the, the crew, yeah. working their butts off, you know. That crew are so hard working. Yeah. yeah. And that company is absolutely brilliant. But any more thoughts before we, mo- we move on on the accessibility of the product? Anything else quickly? No. I, I think the fact that they had things like Total Davy on the on, the on demand as well. Uh, I think that was quite good for it as well because you know that way it shows that like kind of showing off the characters a lot more, not just in the wrestling show. So I thought that was fantastic. Yes, yeah, so if you've not subscribed to ICW on demand, we'd recommend you do so. You get every show and you get all the big ones the day after. It's, it's only $6.99 a month, <laughs> not $9.99. <laughs> and pay on PayPal so you don't pay a transaction fee. We tip there. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn that one, thank you. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, that has been the first half of our discussion on the, some points in the evolution of ICW. Join us in a brief five minutes again. We'll be talking things such as the evolution of the company's tag team division, the BBC Fight Club documentary that everybody talks about when they talk about ICW and how the wrestlers have advanced in terms of their development over the past 10 years. So stay with us and we'll be back in just a short bit. But for now, we're going to talk, we're going to play a wee clip on us discussing one of ICW's most well-known moments from our Fear and Loathing preview show is us talking Grado winning the World Championship. We're going to get a wee clip here of one of the uh, moments which I think it has got to be up there as the when they get best of all time. Carnage all over the arena. Commissioner Foley was kicked into that guardrail. Lightning is down. On the way back to the steel chair. Red Lightning brought out of the ring. There's no referee. Will Dallas. This happens. This happens. This happens. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your winner. And new. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. He's not an official referee! Grado! 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 It's your world heavyweight champion! Martaz is not an official referee! I am getting worked! Commissioner Foley! Authorized Mark Dallas to be a special enforcer! Yes, that is the moment from Fear and Loathing 8, 
where the dream came true and Grado won the ICW World Heavyweight Championship. By far my favourite, not just Fear and Love moment of all time, my favourite ICW moment of all time. Yeah. 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 Was, was everybody there? Was everybody uh, yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was everybody yeah. there? Uh, uh, so, you, so, you have a mic, you're alright. <laughs> so obviously we, we were there live so we didn't get to hear the commentary. When I watched it back, there was two mm. things that I always remember about that uh, little clip. One, Billy Kirkwood, get yourself a EP Quacku because you don't know how to stop a mic clipping. <laughs> <laughs> and point number two, William Grange, stop trying to ruin Grado's moment yeah. by saying he's not an official referee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I right in thinking that was Grange's like debut as the, as a second commentator? It was around that time. Yeah, for that was sure. the point because yeah. they had uh, he was going through colour commentators at that point in time yeah, there was yeah. obviously Dr Sean David was a yeah, he's yeah. long term one yeah. Um, yeah. rest in peace like, Sean David no he's still alive made his debut on Shugs that year yeah I think no it was uh, no, I'm thinking the year before because he had po- uh, Jackie Polo was his co-commentator yeah, 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 as yeah. well right, so. uh, Cassidy did Simon Cassidy did a few ones mm-hmm, on yeah. them at the, at the garage shows and that type of stuff but I think for a crowd reaction Grado winning that, that belt was yeah. absolutely yeah. phenomenal it felt like everything Every single little moment that happened in ICW from when Grado debuted at, um, sup- what was it called again? Something Thunderbolt, Super S- Smoking, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Super Smoking Thunderbolts, all that. Um, it felt like everything that happened in ICW had built up to that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And um, like a-, a lot of people thought like he's going into this match with one of the best wrestlers in the entire world, mm-hmm. um, yeah. possibly the best in Drew. And um, it-, it just felt like such a massive, massive moment. Another thing as well is... Um, to talk for a minute about uh, Shah Samuels, I think, of all people. Um, right. He did an interview recently with uh, Snapmare Next. If ah, you haven't yeah. checked it out, it's one of the best interviews. The Snapmare mm. Next guys, they're probably not listening, but just go on their website and read all the interviews they do because they're all amazing. But uh, Shah Samuels said in that interview that um, a lot of the ICW wrestlers, like, almost, but probably not fully, but, like, enjoyed the SECC Hydro more than the SECC <laughs> the SECC fear and loathing more than the Hydro fear and loathing because uh, it had such a it was such a step up at the time yeah uh-huh. um, and to be capped off with that moment was, was just insane yeah it, it was an absolutely phenomenal night I remember actually after the obviously it won the crowd went mental mm-hmm. and one of my always vivid memories was leaving to actually actually leaving the SECC and the chanting was still going yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, really yeah. down yeah. that I mean. If there was the guys who worked in the SCCC must have been thinking, why are about four thousand <laughs> people singing <Okay>. Madonna? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're coming live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Strathclyde. <laughs> Welcome back to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson, and this week I'm joined by Quacko, Stacey, and Louise. Guys, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Good, good. Uh, for all of you who are just tuning in, either live or on the podcast, it's because you've skipped half the show for some reason, uh, <laughs> we are talking about the evolution of insane championship wrestling, ICW. During the break there, we just played a short clip from our discussion on our free and loving special preview show where we discussed... Grado's big win in 2015 at the SCCC. Great chat and great moment. Yes, absolutely. Talk a lot about Grado as the show goes on. But yeah, for again, for anybody listening to us, we're on social media. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. So if you're listening, enjoying the show, want to give any feedback, or even just join in the debate in the chat, contact us on any of those social media channels. So yeah, ICW. So round about the point and our kind of timeline that we're going with, we're roughly looking probably about 2012 now, based on what we're going with. Round about this time in 2012 is when ICW launched the Tag Team Championships. <laughs> and obviously tag team wrestling it was a thing in ICW before that it wasn't just that but they thought we've got all these tag teams and we're going to introduce a championship so I think this is a good time to talk about the evolution of ICW's tag teams over the years so we talked about the guys earlier on so I'm going to talk about them now uh, I think it's a good point to talk about the Coffee Brothers in a lot more detail yep very as fluent a tag team as you'll pretty much see the Coffee Brothers give us your thoughts on that one I mean, you don't see them team as much anymore I think I last seen them team on World of Sports yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't. And obviously, didn't get the same showcase you would get anywhere else. But I think they're one of the first real examples of a tag team. I mean, we, we see how brothers work now with the Usos and WWE. Yeah. So I think we're gonna we'd get uh, you get pretty much the same with the co- the coffees. Mm-hmm. So the fact I'm talking, I've mentioned the coffees here, would maybe think make people think if they're not as big an ICW fan, they were the first ICW tag team champions. Wow. But they weren't, sorry. They weren't. Oh. Stacey, don't get... Oh, that's what I mean. You may think <laughs> right, that, okay. but you know. <laughs> Fair enough. No, the first ICW Tag Team Champions, for anybody who doesn't know, most people will probably know this, is S- the team of STI. <laughs> yep. <laughs> divers and Grange, was that? Yeah. Yes. Dickie Divers and William Grange. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. I joked. Still, still good. Dickie Divers is brilliant. That would have been a fantastic tag team. <laughs> well, they are the... the Stacey, you were at one of those shows recently where they had the moment with the two of them in the ring. Yes, fans like to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. What are your favourite <laughs> moments of the year? And you're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be quite good. But yeah, Grange and Divers were quite well, uh, quite a, a well known team around about that time. That time. Uh, but my personal favourite moments in the ICW tag teams was what we got kind of following on from that. Now, in our show two weeks ago, we talked about the best of Raw. David Hockney, for some silly reason, talked about the SmackDown 6 on the best of Raw show. I know. <laughs> oh, David, David, David. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, but to, to, to kind of clarify why, why I'm going with this line, uh, the SmackDown 6, we saw three tag teams on SmackDown go at it constantly. Uh, we got Edge and Rey Mysterio, Guerrero and Benoit, and the, no, not Guerrero, the Guerreros and Benoit and Angle. Right. ICW mm-hmm. for a good point around about 2013-14 had their own kind of treble tag team feud. Uh, we talked about one of these teams earlier on, we had the NAK. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say to a lot of people the NAK would be up there as one of the best teams in the country's oh, history. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, you talk about two people gelling. Renfrew and BT facing off or tag teaming. I've got such great chemistry. Yeah. I think it's, it's very much fair to say that they they are still the staple of NAK history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the other team, one of the other two teams I'm talking about here is one of them is st- is still very active in the company. Uh, is Stevie Boy and his cousin, or his cousin, or wee man's cousin? I don't know. Raven, mm-hmm. uh, David, David Blaze. David Blaze. Uh, oh, I miss uh, the Bucky, Bucky Boys. Boys. Mm-hmm. Bucky Boys are one of my first early memories of. Do you think the Bucky Boys were a great example of? how you can use the manager very well in a yeah. tag team. Yeah. I mean, he still holds that license <laughs> to manage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's your one chant there. 
yeah, Bucky Boys. I mean, what's your thoughts on them as a tag? They had a great power and, and high flying style that we get in a lot of tag teams. You know, I think mm-hmm. they were they are, they are they're probably underrated in history. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say, guys. You what you, you know, you your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that they get back together because they were fantastic. Yeah. You know, at one point we thought they were going to get back together, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah at one a, point. They had a brief one where they fought a off. A brief one. That was a, one of the Gary shows last year. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant night. Yeah. And the the crowd went like, mental mm-hmm. with it. Oh, it was fantastic. Wasn't it against um, BT and Renfrew? No. Well, that's that's when um, Stevie held the the death of the NAK was when he. Um, when him and Davey had to fight, it was the, like the last proper reunion fight. Yeah. And um, then it was the second time was when they were both together on the balcony. But instead, this is when they revealed the I think it was the Kings of Catch as the new staple to Stevie Boy. Yeah. Yeah. And they, that's when they became ah, okay. the proper filthy generation stable as we know it now. Mm-hmm. But the Bucky Boys were a great tag team. Oh, I mean, loved it. The other team I talk about in this type of trio feud, which some people may not remember them as fondly as they weren't really a Scottish product, but to me, my personal favourite ICW tag team of all time, Michael Dante and Tommy End, or as we know him now, Sumerian. Alistair Back, the Sumerian Death Squad. Oh, and oh. SDS. Oh, my that, God. That feud between like SDS and the NAK... Mm-hmm. Oh, well. that, was, that was that was super. Oh. It led to Fear and Love and Eight, the Steel Cage match. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it, it had such longevity with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, I think the kind of you know insane type promos that wrestlers mm-hmm. have, whether they're a bit not not right. The Sumerian Death Squad were absolutely superb at it. Mm-hmm. It was all those promos they put up on YouTube, and they were mm-hmm. coming back, where they were just in these white rooms and the suits, and they were just pretty much. Slash a guy's throat. <laughs> Simple as. But in terms of actual wrestling ability, they were they could they could go in the ring. We've seen now that he's in, t- in NXT. Tommy End or Alistair Black. What an in-ring competitor yeah. he is. And he's sweeping up the awards as well. He won three. Yeah. He won three in the NXT and the Beer Awards. You know, including wow. well, um, male superstar of the year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought he was going to make um, a surprise. Comeback for the show in Newcastle mm-hmm. against the the filthy generation when Whippy was talking about um, a black mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that not the, was it, did it not eventually be Dante? Yeah, yeah. Dante. I thought it would. I thought it would have been um, Tommy End. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Newcastle Dante was then sacrificed as Mikey Whiplash that there was any distractions because he saw him as a brother. Which, yeah. is, which is the biggest piece of tough love ever. <laughs> but day three teams had a fantastic feud. ICW's first ever tag team ladder match was day three fighting for the belts. And it's amazing how much longevity you can get out of three teams when you book them so well. Yeah. And I think you kind of, I kind of miss those days where we got that type of solid feuds between more than two teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really see it as much, you know, it's more you get two teams at a time, kind of feuding type idea, but you kind of miss that. I mean, after that point in time, the tag title was kind of, they kind of went about between, you had uh, Colt Cabana and Grado. Iron Jew. Yeah. Iron Jew, yes, exactly, Louise. And we also had Kendrick and London mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Paul London high five in the Battlelands. I got brilliant <laughs> moment. You hold on to that. But 
ever since that point in time, the tag team division has kind of been dominated by one team. And that one team is Polo Promotions. Too bad. We bad. We bad. <laughs> Stacey, before you came in the studio earlier on, we had a Polo sing, sing along. Really? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a video on Twitter. You can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Polo Promotions, let's kind of talk about them, obviously. Yep. They're, they're the ones that a lot of people know. I mean, do you think they changed the, the, the tag team division in ICW? Well, I think I think so, but I think they were, they were the longest reign in for for four hundred and forty-two days. Yeah, well, before they was that before they lost to the fifty-five. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was before. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe. I, but I, when I, you the, they're like three-time three-time champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Again, another example of two men who dwell uh, mesh so well. You know, yeah. they're just yeah, a, they're, they're just like bro- they're like actual brothers mm-hmm. as well. Uh, they, they are they are like that. I mean, they've obviously they've grown up together yeah. for years, you know. I mean, it was just a, a thing about how the tag team their relationships developed. The fact that when they had the WWE tryout recently, they were referred to, they were WWE referred to them as Polo Promotions, yeah. <laughs> not like Mark Coffey, Jackie Polo. It was like no, the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like these two are pretty much inseparable bond, but they have that style of wrestling, which is is. I think it kind of reminds the, the revival will kind of remind me of them in WWE. I mean, it's not like not fancy, you know. It's just it's hard hitting. It's solid technical wrestling, you know. It's understand you can understand why they have got such a large support in the, in the ICW audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Stacy would have disagree with that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the fact that they've developed a, like the, the following well, uh, taps off when the polos win. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's that's. Interesting how that kind of set off. Set off, eh? I can't remember how exactly did that set off. I can't actually remember how that set off. Um, I can't remember. I it was Shunk's house party where where was they it not like was it not at Simon's podcast? No, when we talked about that. I think yeah. I think someone must. I think it must have been mentioned that the uh, one fall kind of session, one fall sessions, was it not? Yep, I think it probably was. Then, somebody, I think somebody did definitely bring that up, mm-hmm. and then it started happening at shows. Then a garage show was then it happened at Shocks. When it happened at Shocks, that's when it really, really happened. And then really at the happened. Hydro as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Hydro, I do remember. I remember. Because I, I, it was a whole front, it was a whole like, side uh, the whole row. Front, the whole front row, you know. I remember uh, seeing a particular person, I won't name, uh, who was doing taps off, but was, uh, <laughs> as well as uh, swirling their t-shirt around, was swirling the streamers that was thrown around around as well. <laughs> so it was swirling both hands with complete taps off. That's 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 the complete definition of uh, no <coughs> given. It's amazing how... It o- was definitely an eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing though how over they are to the extent that they've got this reaction with their fans and... Mm-hmm. In the recent ICW show at the garage, when they lost the title, the the polo haters had the tops off, the taps yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an amazing how really over the these edge. two are in that way. I mean, most people would say, some people would say, oh, you're only over if you're popular, but not over. No. I mean, if you're hated yeah. or if you're liked. And they have that classic polarising, they're like a tag team version of John Cena in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, um, that is the only way I am comparing them with John Cena, guys. Before <laughs> anybody sends it, that the fact that they polarise the audience. Polarise? Oh, what a great pun that is. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> Not you. <laughs> but yeah, there's some of the tag teams that stand out to me in ICW yeah. history. I mean. And like, even look at when the polos came back, mm-hmm. like after they'd left, like remember the reaction that they got? Yeah. 
when they first appeared back. Just, yeah, that just shows they, how popular they were and yeah. still are. Um, the fact of the total reaction that they got then. It was yeah, because they, they, they basically left with the with the original belts. Yeah, yeah. And then they didn't came, know if they were coming back, coming back or not. They came back at shugs mm-hmm. with that kind of with the cigars yeah. and the yeah. <laughs> Mark got a bill for smoking indoors as well. Apparently, <laughs> no. so there you go. <laughs> was that was before the, or after the they take they took over the ICW Facebook? Before, was, before. yeah. Afterwards, they did eventually take over the ICW Facebook. That's yeah. how it came about. Yeah. It, yeah, that was because they done. Yeah, because they took over the Facebook and then they said, right, we're going to turn up <laughs> at, the gar- at the garage taping. So they did. For so like, they did. and they turned up like, um, it was local fire versus new nation for the belts. Mm-hmm. And, ah, and they yeah. came in through the audience and they jumped over the guardrail and just climbed and climbed into the ring. Brilliant. I mean, before we move away from tag teams, any other ones people want to bring up? I mean, we've got ones coming forward in the future, which we'll talk about towards yeah. the end of the show. Uh, I will mention the 55. Yes. I loved yeah. how, where and how they were launched. <laughs> they were launched in Dundee and they're placed at for political reasons voted the most towards yes they called themselves the 55 and said they were the majority I thought that was just great he- uh, heel heat to get it was do, funny do you remember David trying to justify the 55 in a few shows ago? Yeah. and it's like yeah they're the 55 yeah, they're all English that's <laughs> well, why they're called the 55 one. part of one yeah. <laughs> but yeah is there any other ones that people want to talk, uh, briefly quickly talk about anything else that swings uh, I already mentioned them before but fight Fight Club? Yes, Fight yeah. Club, yes, absolutely. They, um, they, they still wrestle together, I think, on Independent Circuits. Yeah, circuits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. there's also, like, um, obviously you've got Bad Company and you've got Fight Network now mm-hmm. yeah. as well, which which is quite interesting. Yeah. One tag team that really stands out to me was the first show that I went to in Edinburgh. The, the geezers came out mm-hmm. and brought out a slip and slide. So because of that, the geezers just totally stand out as like a top tag team mm-hmm. for me because it was just so funny. Mm-hmm. A new, well, yeah, one thing I do want to bring up it was them, um, the Kinky Party, oh, as well. Of course, there's a lot of these ones that we can talk. We'll talk yeah. about a bit more, yeah. and we talk about going to the future. We've got two great tag teams fighting for the SW Tag Titles at the Square Goal, which we'll talk about next week in more detail. Mm-hmm. Moving away now for tag teams, I'm going to talk about the the a big subject when people talk ICW, and we're talking about the BBC documentary Insane Fight Club. Yep. Do you yeah, remember yeah. the buzz when that came out? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I remember it because I wasn't, I wasn't a big ICW fan at the point where it came out. But I remember because I was a wrestler. People you I was a wrestler fan. They were coming up to me going, "Did you watch that on the BBC?" And I was like, "I've not had the chance to watch it." I was like, watch that on the BBC. It's probably this, this is coming from people who aren't wrestling fans. But that documentary, we'll talk about. How big was that for this company? For this wee company that originated, as we said, in Maryhill. How uh, big a moment was this for them? Oh, probably like massive that's opened up a lot of people's eyes to it mm-hmm. if you know kind of you know um we, we know who these like people are we know what they've what they've how long it's taken them to mm-hmm. like make icw what it is now mm-hmm. yeah i mean the, the, the program kind of highlighted uh, three people exactly it was uh, mark dallas jack jester and grado mm-hmm and the, the image that sticks in a lot of people's heads was at the start of the documentary where uh, Grado's talking about his entrance. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll do this. And I jump, <laughs> and then I jump in the bed and I dance about. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to find a clip of that, what to use in one show, and he started swearing in it. And I was yeah. like, oh, come on! 
is when he talks about being behind the curtain and he starts uh, being, let's just say, being nervous. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he starts swearing in it. But yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you look at it, uh, Mark Dallas was a nervous wreck at the point this came out. I mean, he, uh, he talked to me about it. He said, uh, I see it coming on going, and now we go to insane championship wrestling. That's the voice he used when he talked to me about it. <laughs> and he had to go to walk the dog because he's like, I can't, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I'm absolutely nervous. But it portrayed the company in such a good light, you know. It, yeah, it yeah, portrayed it them as fun. It portrayed them as, you know, they were wanting to go some the dream type of thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like Mark Dallas is like, I need the money to feed my family type thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I started off here, you know. Jester was more, it was things like, oh, my dad's never seen me wrestle yeah. type thing. My dad's going to see yeah. me. I mean, Jester, they portrayed Jester as such a, this is such a big thing as him as well, you know. It was mm-hmm. such, it's such a well done documentary. Even if you're not a wrestling mm-hmm. fan, you need to yeah. watch this. Yeah, yeah, you definitely 100% need to watch it. Mm-hmm. And seeing all the quirky market employees that Mark and so on <laughs> did. So, like, the puts in a traffic code on the Duke of Wellington, the pillow fight on George Square, just little things like that. Just, it's just quite cool to see see them do what what the groundwork that they put in to really build that base up. Yeah. Yep. You're selling Mark so much as an entrepreneur here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, actually. Yes. Yeah, I'd say coming away from that as well, I'll never forget one day I saw some of them uh, giving out balloons in George Square to kids. And, well, not just kids, but they're giving out balloons anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it was an older person they were getting a balloon from, uh, someone that was dressed as a clown would come out and scare them. <laughs> and I remember seeing that in George Square one day. <laughs> it's a Saturday morning, I'm pretty sure. Briefly moving away, quickly we've just got a picture of a polo hater from the garage with his taps off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that is photographic evidence of polo hating. But yeah, if you're a polo fan or a polo hater, feel free to keep your top on. <laughs> <laughs> And that public service announcement was brought to you by Stacey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, the document. The documentary. Right. Yeah, the doc- back to the doc- Back to the documentary. Right, okay. uh, the documentary was great. You know, it, it, it just uh, it showed them on tour. You know, it's like this is they're doing this type of thing. You know, yeah, it was, yeah. It was great. The, it was great the way as well that they didn't like to didn't really say what what we need to be on the BBC. We need to be professional, you know. We need to do things professionally. It's like, no, we'll show them in the car on the tour bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, oh. we'll show Dave. We'll show Davey right. we'll, we'll show Davey outside. You know, spewing his guts up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> when you were going on about promoting the show, there was a like a moment like on the on the on the on a clap where they were using um, Chris Toll to hand out flyers yeah. in the buggy. Uh, yes. Is that not the second documentary? The second, second one. Yeah. They were in Newcastle at the time. Ah, yeah, yeah Newcastle because. Yeah. It was on like the, the same on the same episode. It was Davy spewing his got his guts up eh? mm-hmm. after a night out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's that, um, the one I'm talking about. With Davy was from the same one as well. I yeah. didn't think about it, but they did show all these type of things as yeah. well. They, they, they've got all these crossovers, you know. They, was it they went to Liverpool and they saw yeah Brick, people Brooks, from Brookside, people yeah. from Brookside yeah. as well. You're they know how to tap into the, yeah. you know, They know how to tap into these markets as well. Still Game was a great example when Still Game mm-hmm. came to Shug's yeah. house party yeah. as well. Not long after the documentary, you know, it's like mm-hmm. we know the mainstream media. Uh, what was the other one as well? well uh, DCT and Viper's s- wedding. Yeah. You know, oh like, yeah, Rap Florence was the uh, f- official. Uh, official, yeah, official, yeah. 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 And, he, and he turned. 
Yeah. Ah, double cross. <laughs> and there was also uh, what's the one as well? The, the UFC fighters Paul Craig. Yeah. As well at the Baramania uh, mm. last year, you <laughs> yeah. know. A lot of mainstream crossover with this type of thing, you know. So mm-hmm. these type of things kind of started from getting this popularity from this documentary. Well, something that you forgot as well. Was that? Davy plays on Take Me yes. Out and on Dinner Date. Mm-hmm. Was he on Dinner Date? Are you he was, ta- yeah. Are you yeah. Take Me His menu didn't get selected, but he was on Dinner Date. <laughs> I I've only ever watched Dinner Date once. I don't. Re- we can talk about this later. <laughs> 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 we can talk. About, we can talk about that show in a bit more detail later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a weird one. But yeah, doc. Summing up the documentary, you know, I mean. ICW should have no regrets doing that documentary. Oh, definitely not. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Where would the company have been without that documentary? Well, that was the final convincer for me because before the documentary, I had one of our regular panelists, Josh. It was Josh that was plodding away at me saying, you need to come to this, you need to come to this. So it's like, it was Josh that was saying that to me as well. He, he, so Josh got on Stacey and then started working on me. And I was like, okay, I'll come, I'll come. And it, I never got round to it. And then seeing the documentary was like, no, I need to drop everything. And now I'm at the stage where I was at every um, ICW show in Glasgow last year, and I'm going for every show in Glasgow and Edinburgh this year. And I'm now at that stage, and it's because of that that show put that clincher on for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic documentary. Any wrestling fans listening to the show who have not seen the documentary, please watch it. As we said there as well, one of the main... The, characters from the documentary who really went skyward because of this was Grado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is an appropriate time now to talk about Grado. Yeah. Oh, I love Grado. He's funny. He's brilliant. We've got a Grado t-shirt on the panel here. Yeah. From Mr. Reggie. I thought I wear it because this was my first ICW merch I bought. I've also got a Grado top but I forgot because uh, I came straight from work. I, I couldn't walk about work on a Wednesday wearing a Grado t-shirt. Why not? <laughs> Everyone knows that's yourself. I know. I love Grado as well. We talk. About, well, this is the point we're going to talk about how the characters have developed nice stuff. I think Grado was the best one to start with. Mm-hmm. Have they ever done a debut and a development better than they did with Grado? I don't think they no. have. With, with no. the Vice documentary. No. I mean, anybody who's not familiar with Grado's doc, uh, debut, uh, there was a whole documentary with him. Grado wants to get booked. You know, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. He needs to get booked. And one night in the garage, he pops out the crowd. Gets, yes. gets himself booked. <laughs> he fought Red Lightning for the title wow. on an absolute amazing YouTube video with the full that full matches on YouTube, uh, ah. and the, the actual reaction when he wins it is brilliant. But they don't actually show the point point where he gets stripped to the title because of a Red Lightning's foot was under the ropes. Ah. Aww. So it's a bit of a, but yeah, Grado he came across on that documentary so so well, and really we got to see that type of thing of this is a guy. Who is met to himself? He's not exact. He's not. He's not Hulk Hogan or anything like that. Though. He's mm-hmm. just like a, a guy from the top end of Stevenson. But what charisma that man ha- that that man has, and I think that's a great example of a character who's went. They did that with him, and then he got to the point where, as we uh, listened to in the break, won the world heavyweight title. What a journey! Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a storyline and a character development. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Let's talk about what's what's our thoughts on Gradle, guys. Here, we've got well, there's Gradle fans all over here. So let's let's talk about Gradle. Oh, I know. I, I just think he's just so funny and just comical, and he's like one of those characters that you that you get behind, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, like the underdog. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves an underdog, you know. Mm-hmm. It, does, it works so well. I mean, Madonna. I mean, like a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if he didn't have like a prayer? 
when it when it came in. Well, I think you would have worked with anything really. It's just getting like gets gets into like if you had anything else, you still probably would have liked it. Yeah, yeah that's that song is it's just become synonymous with Gradle. But I think yeah. it would have worked with something else. But yeah, it would have just... been like ninety nine problems, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Like when I'm, he's not as big as fan. I'm not as big a fan of ninety nine problems. I liked it because I think they played it a couple of times when he came mm-hmm. out um, the Wait. night before being low than nine. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, well, um, uh, the other one was a square goal when he lost it to Renfrew. Yeah, that was when they started to play and it. What a match that one was! Oh. Great oh, story behind it. Yep. Yeah, that was a story and a half, that one. Oh, we could talk about stories all the time. Yeah. You get ones with Ren- if you look at stories with Renfrew, I mean, we'll talk mm-hmm. about Chris Renfrew here. Uh, when he won the f- first, when he won his first square goal title, mm-hmm. uh, uh, briefcase, and it was all about him, uh, there was doubters about him, he's like, I'm going to fight the best on the planet at the square goal, yeah. and took him to the edge. And then it was when he got the briefcase back from Divers. Divers, that was a funny one as well. fighting Grado, I mean, as a match, is there a better match in this company's history? Than Grado ran through, or a more personal match than Grado ran through at the square goal. Not, not Grado and ran through, no. But I think um, Lionheart versus Joe Hendry would probably, probably go up there. Mm, yeah. I mean, let's talk about Lionheart in terms of a character. Lionheart's yeah. a guy who's been there since the beginning. Uh, he went away for a bit, but he has been there. His character development has been so good, especially in the past three, four years. We yeah, talk about yeah, because like from where he was then to where he is now. Well, we talk yeah. about we talk about a man who he came back from a broken neck and got booed. <laughs> How can you boo the man for coming back from a broken neck? Well, in like talking about my first Edinburgh match, he did come back and pretend that Kenny Williams had broken his neck again. Okay. Yeah, but that was so, after they got booed. That was after they came back and got yeah, booed. Yeah, no, I wanted oh. to get a reaction out of, out of folk. Mm-hmm. That's when I started booing him. So I didn't know him before that. But look at how his character developments went. He ran with this whole you gimmick, and he's like, yes, aye, aye, so yeah, who, who cares? And then people just started liking it. I mean, Louise, you're, uh, you're wearing a Lionheart t-shirt yep. as we speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're about to see the full text. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the full text, no. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was the one. There's, a, there's a Lionheart as a hero one, obviously, mm-hmm. as well. So, it's still a hero, uh, yep. Has devel- he has developed so much in that type of aspect. Yeah. Another guy who's developed, uh, Stevie Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. We talked about oh, yeah. we talked about just not long there ago how he was a tag team wrestler with, with Davy and Stevie and is kind of broken out. Yeah, he's just going from strength to strength. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because uh, yeah, he's, he's grown good. like so much from the uh, what's just a skinny wee a skinny wee boy going like tagging in the Bucky Boys to yeah. mm-hmm. to being the actual king of insanity. Yeah. So. Ah, it's just, and it's, what it's, a match that one was as well. Oh, fantastic match. Yes. If I talk about people character development in that match, we can't not talk about Mikey Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, this is a guy who, early days ICW was kind of known just as a great technical wrestler. And then he had that incident with that match with Grado where he nearly died. Mm. Where he got that puncture from the barricade. Yeah. yeah. You know, but he didn't just come back as a simple, as like, oh yeah, that's happened, I'm going to come back, you all love me. And then, no, he was like, no, the fans just hate you. You, you, you didn't give me any protection there and he's kind of chant you booed because I was well had I had to get carted out you know mm-hmm. so he came back and he started bringing that necromancer gimmick mm-hmm. and to the point we talked about we talked about before the show how he's accompanied by the formerly known as Jokey whose name I can't remember quite Evil. Evil thank Evil. you and the two of them with his music as well it's just like oh my god he's ter- it can be terrifying mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> 
I you know, am with all such... the makeup on, and when he's when he's got when he's got his gear on, he I would say gives me absolute fear. <laughs> but when he comes out with his music mm-hmm. and the whole we are legion. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are we are we are legion. We are one. I am a big fan of Mikey Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's such a great in-ring competitor. Yeah. You know, he just does things so well. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, but he is, it's, it's a great character just how it's, how it's moved on, you know. Yeah. And, and that type of aspect to it. I mean, again, character-wise, uh, we talked about them as a team. We'll talk about them individually. Uh, we'll start with BT Gun. He's developed... How, how do you rate his development as, in, in the years of ICW? Well, I think it's probably... Um, amazing because he's um, he's now what the triple grand grand summoner. He's uh, now? triple crown winner triple and crown winner, yep. the first and only undisputed champ. So yep. obviously he's doing something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 with leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. The other one is with Chris Renfrew. Mm-hmm. I think as a development of his in-ring ability, Renfrew has got so so much better. Yeah. Since I first started watching him, was, he was—he still is known as a hard, like one of the company's hardcore icons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was purely just that early days mm-hmm. when the, uh, we talked about him in the NAK became like a more of a group. That's mm-hmm. when you started to see his wrestling ability come out. And I think the point where he was square when he won his when he had his first square to go, he was in such peak condition. Yeah. And that's that's a different development from a character. It's more the how he's went in the ring. Mm-hmm. The other guy I would kind of think of it kind of leads me to the boy Wolfgang as well. Big time. Yep. I've seen such a vast improvement in Wolfgang mm-hmm. the amount of time I've watched ICW. He was good at the start, don't get me wrong, he's a big guy doing a blooming swan tom bone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seeing a guy do he's that... A bit, is... he's, a big, he's a big guy, Wolfgang, mm-hmm. so... Oh, and what? doing a doing, uh, moonsault, running moonsault from the second rope as well. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> Definitely. And another one that comes to mind as well, Jack Jester, another staple of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember first watching Jack Jester compared to what he is now. That the gimmick is allowed them just to be a bit more free. Yeah. And you can see what difference that makes them. I think I'm the only, I don't know if I'm the only guy who thinks that. He's like wrestling his true expression, if you like. If you know if you know what I mean. Like um what who he is as a person, he's using that and just amplifying it in the in the ring and in his promos and stuff. And it suits him and it works well. Yeah, absolutely definitely. Mm-hmm. It just it, it just mesh meshes so well, you know. Mm. I mean is there any other wrestlers who are came from ICW towards that start point uh, that I've, you've noticed the development with apart from the ones I've talked to about? I think there's um, mm. quite, a f- quite a few isn't there because there's obviously we've brought up on um, well, there's one in particular probably Noam. Yes Noam Noam is kind of one of the great examples and Wolfgang yep. mm-hmm. on uh, how they've moved WWE Mm-hmm. Yeah. as well, you know. He's yeah, a, I mean, made his come, made his one night only comeback. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, to kind of uh, that uh, was it. Shugs, it was a Shugs. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Shugs weekend. Uh, yeah, to have that. Yeah, I mean, I think the place just exploded when he when his music played. Oh, because de- like everybody's like missed him. Oh, we? definitely. I mean, because he's done it since he was been with it since he was what fifteen. Oh no, the, wh- whatever age he was when yeah. he started is up for debate. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I'm just. Speculating. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I said this to people about Wolfgang. I mean, you can see the difference in that being in the performance center all the time mm-hmm. in, w- in NXT. In WWE has helped Wolfgang. I mean, to the way that he comes out, he's got uh, what is it, Crowbar and Stevie James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, and he just has the presence. It's just like the jackets are off the chain as well. I know. It's just like yeah. 
I'm the, I'm the, I'm the man. Yeah. You know, and you can just feel that. You know, it's, it's, it's so good as well. Another one as well, Kenny Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kenny Williams. What development he's had. I remember first seeing him as a lackey to Joe Henry. Uh, with uh, yeah. James Kennedy, yeah. and then when he when he eventually broke off himself and won yeah, the Zero G Championship, you know, yep. which we've not really talked about in great deals with the Zero G title because mm-hmm. there's been so much we could have talked about, you know. But Kenny yeah, Williams, what development he's had. I think um, I think Mark Coffey's kind of had that as well, but even though he's not been at it for the start, I say. Uh, there's a lot of them who have been in the bout kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, because Mark, because Mark was a, was a Zero G champion as well. Two times, two times, yeah. Yep, and I think he was kind of a heel back then. Mm, yeah, it was. It was when he had the championship. Yeah, I remember that him and him and, him and Jackie. Uh, he came out to answer the challenge for the Zero G Championship, and uh, was it uh, Jackie Polo came out dressed as Paul Heyman and told <laughs> and told to be CM Punk. <laughs> that was a good, that was a great one. But yeah, there's there's some great examples of some of the, the development of some of these ICW stars to yeah. become pretty much mm-hmm. big names. We're coming into the last five minutes of the show. I know it's flew in this week. That's mm-hmm. with a good chat here. I'm going to now go on to the future. Now, ICW, as, we talk, as Louise talked about there, they've done a lot. We've got Noam Dar, Wolfgang going towards NXT, WWE. We've seen Viper, Kaylee Ray in the May Young Classic. Didn't really get to talk about the women too much there. Uh, um, Nikki Cross and um, Debo killing it on insanity in NXT. Oh, if you look at women's wrestling, the company has absolutely been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you like so Kaylee Ray has developed so well into such a yeah. great, well-rounded wrestler. Nikki Cross is a brilliant example as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, you talked about Carmel earlier on, Stacey. Yeah. Uh, first ever w- uh, ICW Hall of Famer. Oh, so, I miss Carmel. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, let's look to the future now. I, where do we now see this company going? We kind of debated that in our preview for the, sh- the coming year where we asked about whether it be in the Hydro. I mean, how do you see this company transitioning over the next, in the, in the future to the same way? I'm going to go with these one by one. I'll start with Louise. What do you think? Well, I don't know how, like, venue-wise, I don't know if, if, how we can get any bigger than the Hydro. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, you know, given time, it'll, we'll probably... There'll probably be like a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- ho- hopefully, hopefully it goes above and beyond, you know, we see. Yeah, because I think Dallas has always said that he's always wanted to do um, Hamden. <sighs> Imagine about Hamden, if they had yeah. enough support. I yeah, because he, I think he said that he always wanted to do that. A good chance to make a bit for Hill in the future. Hamden's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a party Thistle fan, yeah. Stacey? Um... Well, one thing we know, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger mm. and bigger and better. Um, I'm not really sure how they're going to be able to manage that because it's already a great company, great shows, great talent, but you know that that's what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, obviously, when that documentary came out, nobody would have thought they were going to be in the hydro. No, no. You know, so things can change, you know, things can flip like a switch. I mean, yeah, last year we yeah. saw a lot in the company when they lost all these guys to the WWE. Yeah. That was kind of like a transition period. That was kind of a, to a lot of the guys, it was just like, oh yeah, we need to up a game here, you know. But yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But they keep going from strength to strength and that's not going to change anytime soon. Mm. No. So. Quacker? Um, I think I'll, I'll go strength to strength, but I think a big factor in it will be uh, quite a bit of the, t- uh, the talent that is there. And the reason I say that is because in the last few years or so, 
you would notice that a lot of the wrestler schools are taking in a lot more intake of uh, students that are aspiring to be wrestlers and that can only be a good thing yeah. also um people that are in like in big promotions in america well the biggest being wwe a lot of people are now starting to see that that's not the be all and end all like you need to go there to be a to be a successful wrestler and that's been proven in the last few years or months or whatever you want to say so i can actually see a lot of re- great wrestlers that um are either out there in america doing their thing right now or are thinking about going to america may come uh, to the local promotions in the uk well i say local the international promotions and actually make a make a living and do their craft here and that could only be good for us as fans and get more support and that's that's where I see the future of ICW, really. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I think the company have uh, a tag team, this is just me giving my opinion, a tag team who will dominate the uh, tag team wrestling in Britain for the next potentially five years in the Kings of Catch. Mm-hmm. I think they are so good. Oh, very good. And they've got such potential. They've, the whole uh, filthy generation have got such great momentum. And yeah. I think uh, if ICW do the right things, book the right people, mm-hmm. uh, continue doing what they do, Mark continues to be the entrepreneur that we've <laughs> You can still tell I'm angling for free tickets off Mark. <laughs> I'm not just saying it for the free tickets, Mark. <laughs> so yeah, that has been our summary of some of the evolution of certain bits of ICW. We've went 90 minutes and we did not swear. Yes. We Woo-hoo. have done it, guys. Woo. Yes. You, d- you may have doubted us, but we've managed. So yeah, that has been our evolution of some of the areas of ICW. If you've listened to us for the first time, please like us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Suplex, Retweet. All our past podcasts, including this one obviously, will are available on iTunes and any Android podcasting site. So if you've liked what you've listened to, subscribe and listen to our huge back catalogue. We've got tons so far and we've got even more still to come. Coming up next week here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, we will be going back to ICW and previewing the square go that's happening one week from Sunday in the ABC. On top of that, we will be—you sh- will be able to hear parts of our exclusive interview with the leader of the filthy generation, the king of insanity, Stevie Boy Xavier. So that is on Suplex Retweet at our Square Go preview show. But from the panel here, I'm Steve Wilson. Thank you to Kwaku Aji. Thank you. Stacey Smith. Thank you. And Louise on our podcasting debut. Thank you. Thank well you. <laughs> so we will he- see you, or, listen, or you can hear us, this time <laughs> next week, where Mr. Stephen Louch will be in the toasting chair. Ooh. Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for listening to us, guys. And you can hear us next week. <laughs>